Hey there, Nonsayers, and welcome to Nonsay Weekly, your go-to spot for the latest and greatest movie and TV updates. I'm your host, Priscilla, and I've got a sizzling lineup for you this week. So grab your popcorn, settle in, and let's spend some quality time together. Our first movie update is we see Bob's Burger 2 get a release date, the 22nd of November 2023, coming to Paramount+. Plus. We see the two characters come back, which if you know Keenan and Kel from their original show, Keenan and Kel, you'll be super excited to see them come back into our screens. There's a few indications that the characters might now own the restaurants. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens in this scenario, but it's coming to Paramount+. Plus Now, it's not going to be released in theatre, so the only way to watch it will be on Paramount. So, go watch it, 22nd of November, this is one I'm excited for. Our second update is Percy Jackson's and the Olympians. Disney has announced that they will be tackling the Percy Jackson series and that it's going to be premiered on Disney+. Plus. Now, a good one about this one, it's the original author of the books, is coming back as a writer to make sure it goes the right way. In a few interviews, he's been very open about not liking the approach on the movies that have been made already, so we should hopefully see something a little bit better with him now being involved. And that's going to be happening on Disney+. Plus. We don't have a release date or anything like that just yet. Just an announcement that it is coming with some really good characters and some really good actors behind the movie. So that is one to look out for. Now, trailers you should go check out because the movies look amazing. The first one is The Ballad of the Songbirds and Snake. So this is the prequel to Hunger Games and looks at the story of Snow and who he was and how he got to be where he is. We see Veolia Davis come in as a main actor, which I'm super excited for. Love Veolia Davis. And we also see Rachel Zegler, who's receiving some negative uh, um, news coverage at the moment based on some of the comments that she's made about Snow White. We won't go into that. So not really interested on in her person say in this movie however Viola Davis Pete is also in this so some really really well-known actors and the trailer does look really really good and that's coming out in November 2023 so nearly there one I'm really excited for and the other one we have is called Dream Scenario now this is with Nicolas Cage and it's a story of this really average looking guy who people keep seeing in their dreams now he appears in different people's dreams in different contexts, but it's always the same guy. And then he basically starts to achieve fame because people start to recognize him on the streets. It looks like the film is going to cover his rise to fame and the struggles that come with being recognized everywhere because, you know, he's not always positive in people's dreams, but it's just your average looking Joe. Nicolas Cage in the trailer looks to be phenomenal. In terms of the character that he's portraying, I don't feel like it's anything he's ever tackled before. Nicolas Cage definitely has this hero persona in most movies. And in this one, it's just this average guy, bold patch, proper dad belly. So really keen to see Nicolas in this um, because maybe it might be his best one yet. Completely different to what he's done before. So let's see what happens. Next, we have The Creator. Now, the trailer to this looks amazing. It's basically your modern day Terminator where we're seeing the rises of the machine, AI, 
fighting against humanity and humanity is striving for its survival. Now, in the trailer, it gives away that the AI are building this huge bomb that can wipe us out. And the soldiers are giving the task to go and find this uh, weapon and basically bring it down. The soldier finds the weapon and it turns out to be an AI child, like genuinely a kid. And it looks like it's going to be a story of the soldier protecting this AI kid. Uh, but the trailer looks really, really good. It was one that I wanted to watch anyway but after seeing the trailer it absolutely just solidified that it's one to watch and that should be coming out on the 29th of september so it should be out uh, a few days after this podcast is released um so one i would recommend to watch in cinema we also have saw 10 being released so saw 10 is also coming out on the 29th of september and it follows the story of john kremer and this time he's being diagnosed with cancer or should i say misdiagnosed with cancer by a team of doctors who are scammers who basically tell people they have cancer and then pretend they have healed them obviously john is not going to have that so he invites them to play his very own game it's Saw. We sort of know what to expect with Saw. Um, also, the writers and uh, producers have given indications that this is not the last Saw and they're going to continue to make movies. But the trailer sort of gives it this final end um, um, approach. It, it kind of comes across like this is the final one. Um, so to have the, the writers and producers say that it's not almost goes against what we're seeing. However, it's Saw. We know what to expect. I ex suspect this is going to do really well in the box office um so yeah that's coming out on the 29th of september so another one to keep an eye out for another trailer that we've seen that is really cute is once upon a studio disney has released a well will be releasing a short to celebrate their 100th anniversary so in this short um they bring together all the disney characters and basically put them together to celebrate everything that Disney has achieved in the last 100 years. The trailer is really cute, is Disney. We sort of know what to expect with their anniversary celebrations. But with it being their 100th, I have some really high expectations. Um, and who doesn't love a cute Disney short? So let's see what happens. And that's coming on the 15th of October. And that will only be available on ABC Studios. So uh, in the UK... I'm not sure where we'll watch it, probably on YouTube. So let's see what happens with that. And the last trailer we've just caught up on doesn't give much away, but definitely a little teaser is Squid Game The Challenge. So a few years ago, right after the Squid Game's TV series blew up, Netflix put out a call inviting people to participate in the Squid Game real life game. Fun fact, I was actually targeted for this, started the application and didn't finish it Uh now sort of wishing that i did because they are playing for a prize pot of 4.3 million pounds and it was actually filmed here in the uk the trailer does not give much away as it is just genuinely a teaser doesn't give away the games doesn't tell us if it's going to follow the same structure as the actual tv series however that is due to be released in november 2023 so we're a couple months away but definitely one to watch out for so what's happening in the box office this week Last week, we looked at the box office US. This week, we're looking at the box office UK, and it will be what we look at moving forward. In first place, we have The Haunting in Venice. It's doing really, really well and has already surpassed the two other movies that were released. So, doing really, really well. In second place, we have The Nun 2. To be honest, no surprises there. I expect that The Nun 2 will remain in the top five for a few weeks to come. So, let's keep tracking that. 
In third place, we have the Equalizer 3 with the famous Denzel Washington. In fourth place, we have J1. J1 is actually facing some controversy at the moment, and a lot of the Asian countries are calling for a boycott. So we're not sure what that's going to do in terms of the box office here in the UK. But right now, it's in fourth place. And in fifth place, we still have Barbie. It's holding solid. Again, wasn't sure if it would be here this week, but it is. So, hey, let's keep on cracking on because we're all Ken off. Um, so that's what's happening in the box office this week. Our retro reel movie for the week. The oldie but goodie this time around is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Now, this is a little bit of my guilty pleasure. It's one of the films I can just have in the background whilst I'm doing nothing without having to pay attention. And it's just a cute watch. It's a fun watch. It's the story of Andy, which is played by Kate Hudson, and Ben, who's played by Matthew McConaughey. And basically, they both are given a bet at work. Ben is given their bet that he basically can't make a woman fall in love with him. And he wants to take on the challenge because he basically wants to be given this really huge account because he wants to be able to target diamonds and move away from sports and target the female demographic because he knows what women want. And because he knows what women want, he's able to make anyone fall in love with him, which goes to basically allow his colleagues to pick Kate out of a random woman in a bar. However, they know that she's writing an article on how to lose a guy in 10 days, which she was given by her boss because she wants to be able to write more serious pieces and be taken more serious as a journalist. So her boss says, you know what, write this, do it well, and you can write about whatever you want. So Kate does it. She takes it on and starts to write how to lose a guy in 10 days. Ben wants to make a woman fall in love with him because he wants to win the account. So now you have these two characters basically going into this, being completely selfish, knowing that they're simply there to gain career progression. Now, the film goes on to follow Kate, be this needy, over-the-top woman who starts off really, really cool, but as progresses, becomes what they want to say, everything a man hates about a woman. She becomes clingy. She starts to talk about their future children. She calls his mom. And in every scenario, Ben obviously just battles through because he's doing something for work as well. So for him, he's willing to put up with the crazy because he needs to get the Diamond Delore account. Now, it gets to a point where Kate becomes too much and Ben just gives up on it and she's like, yes, finally it's done. But it just so happens to be whilst he's friends around for poker night and they're like, dude, you're going to lose the account. Don't give up yet. Go get her back. And we see the scene where he's climbing down this fire escape and gets to the bottom just as she gets to the bottom and he tells her couples counseling. To which she's really surprised by and goes, you know what, Ben? Sure, but if we're going to do this, I don't know how much more I can take. While she turns around and you can see she's like, oh my God, how much can this guy put up with? They go to couples counselling, who happens to be Andy's work colleague and friend. And the counsellor suggests that they go away for a weekend together, which they do. And they meet Ben's family and they end up falling in love, which we sort of knew would always happen. Um, they end up falling in love. Kate loves Ben's family, loves spending time with them. And when they get back, it's announced that both of them have basically been playing each other. And it's 
almost brought to light in a really embarrassing way. There are a company event where Ben is basically being announced that he got the diamond account. Uh, Andy finds out during the event, a little bit drunk, takes to the stage and starts to sing about Ben's private part and announces it to the world that there is a name for it. And it, it's quite comical at this point. Andy goes on to resign because she actually realizes that her boss isn't going to let her write about anything. She wants her to write about shoes or fashion, uh, entertainment, not what Andy actually wants to write about, which is politics and culture and things that are happening around the world. So Andy takes the brave step and decides I'm leaving, I'm moving on. And Ben finds out she's leaving the city and goes on to catch her on the bridge and tells her where you're going. You know, you can write anywhere and seamlessly they end up together. Now, look, it's a it's a cute film. You can put it on in the background. You know, it is what it is. It's a rom-com. It's your typical, you know, Matthew McConaughey film from way back when he was only doing rom-coms. You know, Kate Hudson, again, sort of what you expect to see her in. They both done really well in this film. Um, you know, it's not going to win any awards. It's not, you know, it's not your going down in the history as the greatest movies of all time. However, it is really fun. It is really cute. I do enjoy it. It is, like I say, my guilty pleasure. However, I had a look at some of the comments from critics and one that made me laugh. And it's a little bit harsh. And it says, the only thing this movie teaches us is how to lose an audience in 10 days, which I think is a, it's a really funny comment uh, and a play, obviously, on the name of the film. Look, if you've never seen it, go give it a try. If you've seen it, let me know what you think about how to lose a guy in 10 days. But look, it's an easy watch. So what's there to complain about? So let's get into what we're currently watching. So as discussed last week, we're currently watching The Bear, The Other Black Girl, and we also have The Wilderness. So what's happening with The Bear this week? In episode two, we see Cousin and Carmen get into another argument over the health and safety inspector. The health and safety inspector has changed because their original health and safety inspector has died and his wife has now taken over the business. She comes in and takes a look around and very quickly identifies that the rating for the restaurant is now a C, which both Carmen and cousin decide to not accept. However, she says nothing can be done for another 30 days. Nothing really happens this episode outside of that. We see some development with Sydney, who's really keen to work on the Carmen and has basically developed a business plan showing how they could afford to pay her a salary and giving Carmen basically an insight into where he's spending money and missing out on making money. Um, in the end of the episode, he does go on to hire Sydney, which is great. So obviously we're seeing that she will be a main character in this. And there is some conversation around who has a license, who hasn't has, who doesn't have a license and Sydney being a support role in assisting with the driving around to buy the materials needed to basically make the changes that were highlighted by the health inspector. So not a great deal has happened this episode, but again, we're seeing the development of this restaurant and where Carmen is hoping to take it to next. Now we're also watching the other black girl. Now the other black girl is getting more exciting. We've watched a few episodes ahead and it's really good, but for now let's just catch up on episode two. 
So in this episode, really, we're just seeing the aftermaths of what's happened, where Hazel basically threw Nella under the bus and basically made her tell this author, Colin, that she didn't like her book and thought it was basically problematic and painting black people in a bad light. Since then, she's come in and basically Hazel's like, hey, girl, I don't really understand why you're upset, which further upsets Nella because she's like, you know exactly what you've done and Hazel had basically tried to pay off oh I'm new you know it wasn't the right time for me to get involved and not the right time for me to basically expose myself so, uh, so early on which Nella sort of hears out but is annoyed she obviously doesn't want to apologize to Colin because she feels that she's right in what she said and she's just simply doing her job however Vera asks her and tells her to really consider her future at the company and if she doesn't apologize her future is basically in jeopardy. So she does go on to apologize to Colin. You can see the frustration. You can see this is something she really, really did not want to do. And you can basically just see she's doing this for the sake of her career. Later on in the episode, we see everyone be invited into a marketing meeting in which Vera takes credit for an idea previously given by Nella in which she says, hey, I think we should do an outside sensitivity read. This will tell us if the book is perceived as Colin intends it to. Um, and I think this protects us as a publisher. Vera basically says no and says she doesn't want to upset Colin further. However, brings it up as an idea in this marketing meeting with Wagner and all the other um, stakeholders being a part of it. Hazel to try and savage the friendship to show Nella that she has her back, stands up and says, hey, Vera, great, but isn't that Nella's idea? To which Vera stands up and goes, oh my God, yes, you know, we're basically one person. Of course, it's her idea. And does this almost patronizing moment where she gets Nella to stand up and has everyone say well done and claps for her, which is almost worse. Um, but that's basically the gist of what's happening there. Now, at the end of the episode, we get this really weird clip where she said hello to her boyfriend. They're having a little bit of a kiss and Hazel is downstairs watching um, Nella through the window and she can see everything from downstairs and i'm not really sure what that's intended to be but obviously it's super weird that she's watching her she's obviously followed her home because nella has never invited her around she has no real friendship there like that so a bit of an interesting one obviously like i said i have watched a little bit ahead and actually it still doesn't explain what it is but super excited to keep to keep going into it. honestly guys go watch the other black girl is such a good series and it's not obvious what's happening that's what i'm really enjoying about it it's not obvious the the storyline the plot is not obvious um and i'm really really sort of trying to anticipate what's going to happen and what i think is going to happen is never what happens so go check it out a really good one to watch now Another one we've started watching is The Wilderness, and that's out now on Amazon Prime. As a note, it's also currently in the top 10 in the UK, so just a little bit more of a assertion that you should go check it out. Now, the first episode is wild. I don't know what's going to come, but the first episode is wild. So you have this really young couple who basically have gotten married and then move from the UK to the US. As a side note, not really sure on the English accent there, but, you know, we move. Um, they've moved to the US for the husband's job and 
basically they're just really happy couple they're in their super honeymoon stage they're super loved up and love each other and funnily enough she has one of the the, the main girl has one of the co-workers approach her and say hey you know he's eventually going to cheat uh so you know don't get too accustomed to this and she makes a really sarky comment saying oh you know he's a terrible flirt and i can't cook so don't worry that's not gonna happen to us and we're fine the episode continues and again we're just seeing this couple who's really loved up you know still in the honeymoon stage sort of getting into each other whenever they can um however as the episode progresses he's on a work trip and comes back early for christmas which she's spending by herself and while she's in the shower she sees a message come through on his phone that says i can't wait to have you inside me again she sees this message and immediately sort of starts to spiral, not really understanding what's going on. And when her husband comes out of the shower, she immediately confronts him, gives him no time saying, who the hell is this? Which he immediately tries to deny and then goes on to admit it and then says it was a one-time thing. It meant nothing. And, you know, the typical spiel, blah, 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 meant nothing. It was just a random one-night stand. She kicks him out and then goes on to go through the process of basically getting over him. She burns all their stuff, go talks to her friend. Now, one thing to understand about this character is her mum went through the exactly the same thing. So her perception of men and fidelity is already a, a hindered one anyway, um, which basically led her to kind of starting of the show. There's this narration where she says, you know, I was never this gal, I was never meant to fall in love, but then it changed and this is the story of how it changed. So she really had better expectations from Will, her husband, to not be that guy. So when this happens, the first thing she doesn't do is tell her mum because no one wants to prove their mum right, right? So because of that, she doesn't tell her mum, she goes to a friend who basically tells her, listen, you're hot, don't worry about this, you've got this. Some time goes by and she takes back Will. He begs for forgiveness and tells her, listen, don't worry. It's never going to happen again. It's not what you think. She goes on to ask some questions about the girl. And he says that the girl's name is Emily. That's important to know. Girl's name is Emily. Apparently works for him. And it was a one-time thing. He met her at a conference or whatever it was. I can't really remember the exact storyline that he gives her. She takes him back and he says, listen, I'm going to take you on the trip of a lifetime that you've asked for. So he books some time away, just the two of them to go away by themselves on holiday to basically rekindled, rekindle the relationship. Cool. They go on holiday. They get there. They're on the countryside. And she basically starts to picture it to start to picture all the ways that she can kill him. She thinks about pushing him off a cliff thinks about giving him poison, thinks about an accident in water rafting, all these things. However, what ends up happening is he actually falls off the water raft and she saves him. But while she goes to save him, she falls in and then he ends up diving into this um, very sort of aggressive river and saves her. And in him saving her, she basically falls back in love with him again or feels thankful, whatever the approach is. They end up being intimate that evening. He gets a call and leaves the room halfway through whatever they're doing. And then she goes on to follow him only to see that he's on the call with the gal telling her, do not call the office whilst telling the wife it was a work call. Now, the episode progresses and the ending of the episode is freaking wild. She's sat on her bed going through her husband's computer because clearly she doesn't trust him at this stage. She's taken him back. She doesn't trust him. So it now starts the spiral of I'm going to check on his computer, check his phone. And in doing so, she finds a video that the girl sent him 
whilst they were being intimate. And during the video, she asks him, are you going to leave your wife? To which he says yes and ends the episode by him calling out the girl's name, which is Kara and not Emily. So not only has he lied and said it was a one-time thing, not only has he lied and said her name was Emily, actually her name was Kara and he promised to leave his wife for her. So far, really, really, really great episode. They're positioning the characters really well. We're starting to understand the picture of the of the couple of who they were where they currently are and really just this picture of this man who said I love you who said you know it was a one-time thing and what's happening behind that and obviously the lies that he's telling to the other girl uh, and I think it's just a great episode also that end scene with uh, the mistress having a copy of the video and the wife seeing that is such a strong way to end the episode because straight away you want to know what happens next so it's almost like a cliffhanger on the first episode, making sure you want to see the rest of them. And that's exactly where we are with that. Now we've got our scene stealers where we're looking at these three episodes and the movie that we watched and seeing if there was really any standout scenes for us. Now, the bear, one thing that it does really, really well, which we highlighted in the last episode, is these sort of isolated moments where they're capturing what's going on in Carmen's head. And it does that again at the beginning of this episode. It's a flashback to when he was in his fancy restaurants having his training where Chef is yelling at him, telling him he's crap, telling him he only has uh, uh, Sapar people working for him and whether he enjoys that. And again, you're seeing the, the level of pressure that he's under and the fact that he's able to, to perform in such a high pressure environment whilst delivering excellent cuisine and excellent food. It captures that really, really well. And it continues to be one of my favorite things about this show. It's how they capture these moments that could be portrayed as just another random moment, but they capture it really well. The color, the way the, the color is done for those episodes, those for those scenes, those flashbacks is completely different to the in the moment um, scenes and the color for that. So it's, it's a really great way to capture. And that's one of my favorite scenes. The other black girl, again, the first scene is also the one where they've done really well. Nella is going through Wagner and she's in a hall where you've got all these pictures of past editors, which also happen to be white until she gets to a point where she sees um, the only female black editor to have worked at Wagner. And it starts talking to her saying, listen, you need to leave Wagner because you know, you need to get out, get out now. And it's again, following the same dark moody tone that we see in the first episode. So it's actually a really nice correlation and gives us a continuity between both, both episodes. And that's worked really, really, really well. And the third scene is from the wilderness, which is the scene when the wife sees the video of her husband cheating on her and sees him in the middle of the act. It's captured that scene so well, uh, because I wasn't expecting it. So as I'm watching it, I'm like jaw dropped, like genuinely was not expecting for her to find that on his computer. So it's a really great scene. And because it ends at the end of the episode, it's a great cliffhanger that leaves the viewer wanting to see more, wanting to see what happens next. So the stream time recommendations for this week, this seems to be a really good week because we're getting quite a few things being released across different streaming channels. So let's just go on and start breaking it down. The first one we have is Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. So it's just come out of theaters and it's now available on Paramount+. Plus. Having seen this in cinema, it's a really cool one to watch, especially if you've got young kids. If you're a fan of the Ninja Turtles, again, just a nice one to capture. I love the cartoon style that they've used for this sort of 
feels very much like um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So enjoyed how they've done that. And that's now available on Paramount+. Plus. We've got Spy Kids Armageddon. And that's now available on Netflix. That was released on Friday, just gone, the 22nd of September. We also have a new TV series that you should definitely go check out. Just been released this Friday. And that is available on Peacock. So again, I know it's not a very popular one. I think you can catch that as a, an additional subscription on Amazon Prime. And it's called The Continental, which is the John Wick prequel. So if you're a John Wick fan and want to understand a little bit more about what the role The Continental plays, which is the hotel, go check that out. Some really good reviews on it so far. So one to check. And lastly, one that's been out since March, you can go do a full binge because all the seasons are now out, is Secession. And it's actually one that I've seen a couple of seasons uh, of, which I will at some point talk about it and we can break down the episodes one by one. But if you're looking for a really good binge, go watch Secession. It's definitely one to watch. And as you're aware, we do a weekly bonus episode of Real Good Roulette. So where we have the app, choose a film for us to watch. And this week, it's Chosen Dead End. So it's one that we can catch on Prime, and we're going to watch that and go check that out. Also, check the bonus episode that we've released, which gives you a small review of the film we watched last week, which is All Who Loved Her. Spoiler alert, go check it out. <laughs> go, just, go, just go watch it. But this week's Real Good Roulette is Dead End. Um, so we'll be dropping a bonus episode in a couple of days, just talking about that as well. That's it for today, guys. Thank you for joining Non Say Weekly. Remember to hit that subscribe and like button and leave us a review if you have enjoyed the show. Until next time, ciao for now.